Did you know 663 million people live without clean drinking water every day? That's nearly one in 10. Let me tell you about my friends at FNX. FNX can solve all your health, nutrition, and supplement needs because they are first class in making their products so you can be at your best. Whether you're a CrossFit freak, bodybuilder, or just mom and dad making it a point twice per week, FNX will elevate your game. I have been using FNX and I feel and see the difference. The protein, delicious. My workouts, way more intense. And my energy, there all day. Try it for yourself. Visit fnxfit.com. Use code 4C15. That's 4C15 for 15% off each order. What's more, every time you make a purchase, a child in need receives one gallon of clean drinking water. FNX has donated over 100,000 gallons of clean drinking water. Make your mark today. What is going on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast, coming back at you. It is August 28th. It's a Friday. Been one of those days where it was a long one. Long one during, uh, you know, my day job. And I'm coming into the uh, studio here to record. And we got the new MacBook Air delivered just last week. Um, and I had to get some new like cords because you know how they like change the different plugins for everything was hoping to do this podcast earlier. Uh, my other MacBook pro, which I got sent off with in 2012. So it therefore was a 2011 that conked out on me, uh, just based off it being old, but now I got the new MacBook air and that's why we're now coming at you to talk about a lot of different stuff, namely, I had a little situation last week on Twitter when I sent a post as I was going to bed, woke up, and wow, uh, a a lot happened. So we will dive into that. We also have a prominent NFL safety, likely Hall of Famer for the Baltimore Ravens. It's not Ed Reed. It's Earl Thomas. Big news this week as far as him no longer in Baltimore. He's on the streets. And what's going to happen to him? I think this is a good sign or a big sign, also a good sign, of what the NFL is shifting to here as we enter the 2020 season. And again, talking about 2020, I got to talk about Major League Baseball. It's a little bit different, and I don't like it. I'll tell you what I don't like, and then we'll wrap up with what is always a topic here on the podcast. It's Cam Newton. Got some thoughts there on the Patriots. Let's get to it. It's episode 47 of the podcast. Okay, only place to start here is with the August 17th, I believe that was a Monday evening, August 17th tweet that I sent out shortly before bed, I was in bed watching the tail end of the Rangers-Padres blowout, it was the only game that I had, Uh, I don't have the package, um, you know, uh, at, at this point in time. So, you know, I was watching regional coverage via MLB Network. I had the Padres, I had the Rangers, and I was catching the seven-run game at that point in time. And um, I, I forget which batter I started, but shortly after, Tatis, Fernando Tatis came up, and he ran the count 3-0 and swung at the 3-0 pitch, put it over the right field, right center field bleachers for a grand slam. And at the time, I thought, whoa, that is going 
to get some attention. That is something that the Rangers are not going to like. And, of course, you can tell immediately after the fact, you know, Chris Woodward, Texas Rangers, um, Nicasio, the rest of their bench, you know, they made a pitching change. They were not happy. Seven-run game, 3-0 count. Tatis does not take a pitch. He can get a run potentially by just putting the bat on his shoulders. And, of course, you know, he, he chooses not to. And then it's an 11-run game. And then I see Eric Hosmer. After the fact, he ended that inning. He motioned towards the Rangers dugout. Hey, we'll talk to him. We'll talk to him. Of course, they do. I catch the interaction. And I go, yes, this is great. Love it, Hosmer. He should not have pimped the home run. That's what I tweeted out. Little did I know. The next day, I was going to wake up to a flood of tweets. I had no idea that all whopping 200 of my followers would be agitated by this. But I guess Cespedes Barbecue, shout out. Watch you guys out in St. Louis, uh, you know, hometown right there. I guess they got a hold of it. And next thing you know, all these strangers are just quote tweeting. And that's when I got to know about ratio. Never, ever on Twitter had ratio been on my radar again couple hundred followers I think anyone that's followed me thus far understands I'm not in this for the ratio you know I'm not in this for the numbers things I I get I'm reaching a, a pretty small demographic here and for those wanting to keep tally at home who this seems to be important to three retweets without a comment 323 retweets with a comment 27 likes that was of uh, August 27th, Thursday. Today is August 28th. So maybe it's changed since then. But, you know, again, the ratio is something that did not affect me. I didn't respond because I had to work the next day. Okay, it was a Tuesday. I have a day job. Okay, as much as I want to pump this up to be, you know, priority number one, it ain't. All right, so I had to turn off the notifications. next by That, that was by like 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, I turned off the notifications I don't have time to respond to everybody, nor do I feel the need to explain. I said what I said, and you know what proves it to be true? Exactly what played out that evening. The Rangers were pissed, and so was the own team, the San Diego Padres, A.J. Preller, former Texas Rangers executive, Jace Tingler, manager of the Padres, former coach on the Rangers staff. His own team gave him the take sign, sat him down, had a chat with them following the game. Then they were coerced into backtracking their comments after there was flack from the fans who think they govern the unwritten rules of baseball. Newsflash, fans. Newsflash, media. Unwritten rules are about those who play. I am fully behind my tweet still based off what happened. The people on the field were pissed. He swung 3-0. That tells me it's not okay. The unwritten rules that are unwritten for a reason because they're governed by those on the field. It's a matter of respect for those during the game and understanding how hard this game is. It's also respect for those that came before you. Do not come at me with Reggie Jackson or Johnny Bench. Don't throw out the two examples where someone said something. These are longstanding traditions for a reason. Customs. It's a society, after all. Baseball. He should not have swung. The game was blown out. Put the bat on your shoulders. Gain a run potentially by doing nothing. You'll have an eight-run lead. You don't need a four-run lead. The Rangers suck. At the time, they were 28th in offense, in batting average, 25th in runs. They were not coming back in that game. 
And as a reminder, they gave him the sign, his own team. I know they backtracked it the next day. It's because they were forced to. Tingler's been in this game a long time. Preller, he's old school as it gets. He's not a big analytics guy. He's always had the, the scouting because he's evaluating character. Tatis, I'm not saying this is bad on his character. Not by a long shot because he admitted it. He admitted that he shouldn't have done it. But it just goes to show they agreed with the Rangers. He should not have done that. So as far as fans and media hating the unwritten rules, well, you go ahead and keep hating them, okay? You can hate them all you want. That's fine. But don't tell me it shouldn't be that way. Unwritten rules are governed and adjudicated by those on the field. What tells me that my tweet is right is because that's exactly how it played out. But we will recognize and highlight some folks who decided to take time out of their day and respond to me. I, uh, I have a little best of the best segment here. Okay, I will name your Twitter handle, read off your tweet, and my thoughts on you know what you had to say. Starting with Samuel Miller goes by FacesJM150. Quote, these people exist, and what's worse is, of course, they have a podcast so that they can spew their hot takes. If he strikes out and the Rangers come back to win, you same people would be talking S different load of shit about how you would have to pay till the end of the game. Okay, Sam, it's called spell check. It's called periods. And yes, this is a podcast. I do have strong opinions. If it was Captain Easy Take, I probably would just be hanging out with my roommate sitting on the couch, drinking a beer, talking about generalities. Okay, but yes, this is a podcast. I have strong opinions. That's why I record them. There would be no point in doing this if it was just, you know, your local barbershop talk. So, yeah, that's how we do this. Uh, Shane underscore Riordan. Looks like it's the Michael Jordan uh, looking at his tablet during the documentary series Last Dance, and he's laughing as if he's laughing at my tweet. Okay, Shane, looks like you work for Chicago Radio. Do you have any job opportunities? Okay, because I can certainly help you out. Edgar Lopez, 477. It's been two whole hours and you still haven't deleted this. No, because I stand by what I said, Edgar. And like I mentioned, I really don't give a shit about notifications. You can turn them off. I don't care about what people think about it. I said what I said. And if you find it interesting, you comment. I don't understand why. Why, why do people think I would delete it? I, I said what I said. I meant it. Brandon Perez, 982. This is why baseball, baseball is dying. Again, spell check, guys. Um, yeah, baseball is dying because of people like me, huh? Fans who have thoughts, put it on the internet. Um, I am driving people away from the game. Yeah, that makes sense, Brandon. Jesus, fuck. Houston Hogan, 07. No, he wasn't. Stop crying about the unwritten rules. Yeah, I, like I mentioned, when I went to bed, I was just tossing and turning and sopping my eyes out. Scrody one three, and people wonder why it's hard to keep kids interested in the sport. MLB needs more Tatis, less Hosmer, and way less cranky broadcasters, writers, and podcasters. Again, I'm not cranky. Back to the original point. The people on the field told me, showed me, that I am correct. They were upset that it happened, and their opinions are what matters. And again, I don't know how I'm driving kids away from the game. Doesn't make sense. I'm a fan myself. Orioles fans probs with a Z. He's talking to Wayne Kirby. Uh, you know, you use a cuss word. Fucking dork. I guess I say that. 
He's talking to Wayne Kirby, you fucking dork. Long live Tatis Jr. No, he was talking to Haas or uh, to Tatis. Hosmer was talking to Tatis and Kirby was joining the conversation as well. It was a robust conversation, my man. It, uh, it's called three-way, but not the type that you're thinking. Tyler Wood, underscore three one. This dude equals soft. This dude being me. Hosmer equals soft. Both managers equal soft. It looks like you're a coach, Tyler. Um, yeah, I, I again, I don't understand how I'm soft. This is going off of what was on the field. This is going off of those that played the game before, those that believe you need to show respect for your opponents and not run up the score. Again, you can like this bat flip. You can like this flare, whatever you want to call it, but don't try and defend it as if it needs to happen. You can like it. But there's a certain time for it, and there's a certain time not to do it. And this was one of those times, it's a seven-run game. Don't fucking do it. Tyler, you're a coach. Get educated. Little Ken Burns here. Rob Guerrera. Uh, oh, stats on fire is your handle. LOL. Here's baseball again. Actively trying to take the fun out of its own sport. Young superstar hits a grand slam and then gets yelled at because they were winning at the time. And the count was 3-0. Screw that. Swing away, Tatis. This ain't Little League. Um, Yeah, again, like baseball's the second most uh, revenue-friendly sport behind the NFL. I mean, it's not close. NFL's got more money. But people act like baseball is dying. They talk about the NBA and how great it is. Guess what? Money doesn't lie. Check the facts. Google search. You know who makes the second most money out of all sports? Major League Baseball. You can quit with this dying crap. You can go to the demographic numbers, okay? Yeah, 60-year-olds watch this game. Guess what? People are living till 80. That's 20 more years of the 60-year-olds now watching baseball, all right? If you're telling me it's an issue, well, that's way down the road. Got time to figure it out. Still plenty of cash coming in. Jackson McNeil, uh, Manimal 1-4. That's kind of cool. Eric Hosmer hasn't hit a home run in three seasons. Love the satirical post. God, we need more of those on the internet, huh? How about people actually, you know, say stuff of substance for one time? Ephus Pitch, uh, Ephus Asher, thanks for letting us know your insights into baseball are absolutely worthless. Great thing for a guy with a baseball podcast to advertise. Well, Ephus Pitch, I will say this. Once again, it's not worthless. The people on the field said that it mattered yeah my bat baseball podcast uh we also do football just so you know um but yeah i'm going to advertise my thoughts because that's what gets people to listen and my thoughts are he shouldn't have swung well anyway that'll do it for this uh again you know i i really did not think this was going to be something that grabbed that much attention i really didn't even think it was going to be this much of an uproar from the media and fans i mean i guess i did but they they just continue to neglect that this unwritten rules thing it's not about you you can be upset about it but nobody even points to the fact that unwritten rules are unwritten and they're decided by those on the field so i I, whatever but you know thanks for the attention thanks for going viral uh that was neat it was interested to see that people were um curious about what i had to say you can tell your friends that we do do a podcast just about uh every couple weeks here you can find it right here on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave a review. 
subscribe, five stars preferably, but, you know, if you don't think it's five stars, that's okay too. Uh, but you got the Twitter handle, obviously most of you, all you new listeners, it's at Pete4C. Tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell whoever. Uh, we got takes and we got them for days. So thanks so much. Let's head on over to the NFL where we got news on Earl Thomas. So definitely want to touch on the debacle that has become Earl Thomas, who, of course, was cut by the Baltimore Ravens. I believe it was Sunday. This is coming at you late on a Friday evening once again. And situation where you can just roll back the the timelines here. Not that long ago, Earl Thomas, one of the best safeties in the league, could argue still one of the best. Seattle Seahawks, they just let him go. And all I heard, all I heard during the 2018 season, I was working for the Kansas City Chiefs at the time. Chiefs Kingdom was real hyped up as if they might land Earl Thomas being on the trade block, potentially because Seattle was not going to hand him out that third contract. I repeat, a third contract. Best football they believed was behind them. Some character issues, not meshing with the locker room. And Earl Thomas was outraged going to the Players' Tribune, telling them why he was holding out in 2018. Eventually, like a lot of guys, they show up and they start playing football again. That's exactly what Earl did. He explained in detail why he thought he should be paid more, one of the highest safeties in the league. Ultimately, gets injured, flips off Pete Carroll. Seattle says, yeah, enough is enough. We're going to cut you. He signs with the Ravens, plays one year. And here we are today before his second season, and he's not on a team once again. And it's been five days since he's been cut. Really hasn't been getting any interest. Imagine that. This is another point that culture is flexing all over how you win in the NFL. Everybody wants to collect talent. Everybody. Remember the Browns? Yeah, they collected a whole bunch of talent. They sucked. Remember the Jets? Very talented, but they got a head coach who's so far up his own ass, he doesn't know how to coach a team properly. He just knows how to call plays. The Washington football team, can't call them the old name anymore. They only collect talent. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they trade them all away, and now they are where they are. You need to have the right culture. Ravens flexed all over the NFL on this last year. Steelers, Big Ben goes down. They still are on the brink of playing playoff football. And, of course, the New England Patriots. Remember how big of a disaster that was for them? They went 12-4. and They went 12-4 and last year, lost in the first round, of course. But that just goes to show the standards for these teams that actually have good culture. Maybe Baltimore's on to something. I mean, you have Earl Thomas, who reportedly... Peter King, great NBC Sports scribe, he reported on Monday, Earl Thomas is late for practices, he's missing meetings, he's missing walkthroughs, and the culture in Baltimore, which is now at the hands of the new MVP, Lamar Jackson, they voted him off. They voted him off the team. A future Hall of Famer, and they're saying, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. And then, of course, there's the thing that happened... Earlier in the summer, let's just call it what it is. Okay, he was having an orgy with his brother, and then his wife pulls a gun on him, attempted murder, and then Earl gets on Instagram Live or whatever, tries to explain it, and then Baltimore is like, "Whoa, whoa, you, you didn't say anything to us about this." And then he does the same thing 
when he's sent home for practice for punching Chuck Clark, which, of course, that's how he eventually got released. I think finally they just said, look, man, you're not just running the show here. That's the thing with some of these guys who get to this status in the NFL. They think they run it. This isn't the NBA. Okay, LeBron runs the league in the NBA. Durant or, you know, whomever. I You know, I don't follow it that closely. But this isn't the, the NBA where you have the power. Okay, this is the NFL. There's 11 players on the field. There's like 80 on the roster in total when you include in the practice squad. Guess what? There's a structure here. You don't just do whatever you want. It just goes to show safety position in the NFL. You ask for a third contract. You think you still have all this clout? Think again, man. Earl Thomas out on the streets still looking for a team only a couple weeks away from week one. Must apologize to my new, uh, I guess you would call them neighbors. Are, Are they neighbors if you're in an apartment complex? They've been hearing me. For the past few weeks that I've been living here, making uh, phone calls all day from you know eight to five p.m. standard business hours, and now I'm recording this on a Friday evening. They're probably wondering what the hell is going on because I'm even louder. I make phone calls during the day. Today was a rougher one, probably pounded out I don't know a hundred or so, and now they hear me ranting and raving even more because I'm talking about sports. And right now we're gonna switch it to Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has been, I I don't know how to say it in any other way. I, I haven't enjoyed it that much. I, I love baseball. I'm an advocate for people who think baseball is still fun, because I do. I try to get everybody on board with watching baseball and seeing what's great about it, but this year it's so different that it's really difficult to kind of sell it to the fans. And Look, I'm not even here to say what they're doing is wrong. I got a list here that I'm looking at as far as everything that's making it unenjoyable. And I'm not trying to be a cranky, you know, uh, jerk here. But it's just the reality that COVID-19 and the protests and everything that's been going on, it hasn't made it as fun. And, you know, NBA, I've watched a little bit of that. That still has some energy to it. The players are really behind it. They got that intrinsic motivation. But when I'm watching baseball, not seeing the fans there, there, there is something to that. And I, I made a list. I have, let's see, nine bullets here. Nine bullets of which why I think MLB kind of sucks in 2020. And I just cannot wait to get back to 2021 top of the list and namely is something that's really just, you know, picking at the integrity of the game here, seven innings in double headers. Like this reminds me of high school baseball. Everybody played that. And now we're playing seven inning games. We're, we're literally getting rid of, we're cutting the baseball down and that's what we're doing here. And one of the great things about sports is that you go back and you compare things and you provide context. And then we can weed out who were the best teams, who were the best players, who did this and that, who had this much. And it's fun to compare. It's it's the competitiveness. It's part of it. Now we have to throw in this caveat of, well, Pete Alonzo in seven inning games had this many at-bats or Jacob deGrom. I have the Subway Series on in the background here. Yankees and Mets as they have a doubleheader here today. One of the ugly truths is which I'm talking about now. Now we have to throw that in in there? It's just a wrench in everything. In addition, and I didn't think this was that big of a deal, but then I thought, you know, when you're not at your home park 
Everything's just a little bit different. Everybody likes the home games, not only from the home crowd noise, but also you just got your routine down. You know where your facilities are. You know where your domain is, like cases with players. It's your locker, coaches, your offices, your your video rooms beforehand. It's the, quote, home games that happen. A couple weeks ago, the Cardinals were playing a home game against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. That's, that's not a home game. Okay, Fans are not the only thing that makes a home game. Third, and obviously it can happen at any point, the Mets, again, who I'm watching right now, they've had two opt-outs, Marcus Stroman and Jonas Espedes. Just one day said, yep, I'm out, see ya. That's it. I mean, talk about a team that's got a pretty deep lineup, and all of a sudden your cleanup hitter just says, later. And then Marcus Stroman, who, if he wasn't in a rotation with DeGrom, he's the ace on the team. They just said, yeah, deuces. So, I mean, that kind of sucks. And it's their right. I, I'm not saying that shouldn't be there, but it's just kind of like, yeah, this this is kind of unenjoyable, just knowing someone can just, you know, walk out the door at any moment. And then this one. Oh, extra innings, the California rule, which anybody that grew up playing baseball knows. In Little League, anytime a game goes into extra innings, you start with a runner on second base. They're forcing the run. Not only does this lead to something as dumb as two up, three down. Yes, that's already happened. Tampa Bay Rays. They had two batters come up to the plate, one of which wasn't out, the other of which was a double play ball. Two batters, one inning, three outs. Dumbest thing ever. Not only that, getting back to the integrity thing, the stats. A pitcher is getting an earned run on something that he doesn't deserve. A runner was just placed at second base. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is so dumb. Division-only opponents. I love this in baseball in a normal season. You play a great amount of games against your division. It's regionalized. But you also play everybody else in the National League. And then you got a very fair rotating schedule. You play this division in the American League, switches to this one the next year, the third one, and then you rotate. This year, it's just, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I like watching the Cubs Cardinals. I wa- like watching Brewers Cardinals and Cubs Brewers, whatever. But, I mean, it's just, it's too much right now. It's too much. It's all we're getting. And it's unfair when we're talking about playoff seeding. Some guys are playing against the big dogs the entire year, and the games mean the same thing. It carries the same weight, which in reality, in a regular season, it's not the case. Of course, we're only getting 60 games. We're only getting 60 games. Again, gets back to the caveat. These games are managed differently. David Ross, in his first year, he's getting credit for the way the Cubs are playing, although they've hit it in a skid here recently. He's playing 60 games. Or his team is. How can you say this isn't, you know, the same? Or how can you even, like, enjoy this the same when, you know, pitchers are throwing two innings and then comes in another pitcher? Next thing you know, you got nine arms and seven innings. It's absurd. There's no trades happening, okay? I know, like, who just got traded? Tyon Walker. He's bounced around between the Mariners and the D-backs. Back to the Mariners. He's now Blue Jay. I know Brett Phillips with the Royals for all the Kansas City fans out there. They just traded him. He's going to Tampa Bay. He's probably going to be the next Austin Meadows. It's got Austin Meadows written all over it. Remember him for the Pirates? Brett Phillips is going to rake down in Tampa Bay. And then lastly, and this is not something that I'm upset about. I'm all for equality. I'm all for understanding Black Lives Matter. And certainly, you know, you should treat everybody fairly. But does anyone actually like the protests? Like, if you had a choice, wouldn't we actually rather that not be going on? You know, it's Jackie Robinson Day. Luckily, we're playing baseball again, but 
you know, yesterday I, I had nothing to watch. I had nothing to watch yesterday, and it, it kind of bummed me out because baseball was on hold because of the protests. And I think if we all had our druthers, we would actually like to have sports on and have a fair world. But it's just another added reason. 2020, not so fun this year. That's my list. How does everybody else feel about watching baseball in a compromised fashion? We are not so far away from week one of the NFL playoffs, or excuse me, the playoffs, geez. We are not far away from MLB playoffs, but we are back with the NFL with week one in the regular season. And forget playoffs for football. I really am skeptical that we're even going to have a season here. I want to be optimistic. I really do. Things have been good so far, but I think with the NFL you know, they didn't have any off-season workouts. Guys are just back in the building for training camp. The first week was just testing and weightlifting. Now they're actually got the pads on. Some teams are hitting. Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, love to hear it, love to see it. Tomlin's always been an OG. He's awesome. But now they're just kind of happy to be back, so I feel like everybody's complying with the testing. But soon, just like any season, people are going to get tired of it. Facility, home. Facility, home, facility, gas station, grocery store, wherever. They're going to get tired of it, and someone's going out, okay? It's 21-year-olds, 26-year-old males, most of them single. You know, after a game, they're going to celebrate, and wherever they go could spread across the locker room, and next thing you know, you got one NFL team that can't play this week. How do you make up a football game? I mean, maybe you can make up one, okay? You can make up one. You can have them play Thursday night football uh, for like the makeup game or whatever following the next Sunday. So then they're going on that four day rest that they're acclimated to. But I mean, can you do more than that? I don't feel like any team can make up more than one game in the year. I'm really skeptical about it. But one thing that I have been looking at since we do have week one approaching here is New England Patriots, Cam Newton. I really feel good about them having a strong start, and I really feel better by the day that they're going to have a strong season and take the AFCs. I, I, don't, I don't trust the Buffalo Bills. I really don't. Not when Bill Belichick, best coach out there, best buddies with Nick Saban, who, of course, college football coach, this is more replicating a college football year. They get three weeks of practice. And then it's go time. They don't have any preseason games. That's not happening in the NFL this year. College normally doesn't either. When you talk about throwing in the protests, people walking out on practices, the natural soft tissue injuries that are going to happen to NFL players, it's a collision sport. They haven't been working out regularly. Eyes aren't on them from the facility, from the coaches. Those injuries are going to happen. That's all going to lead to bad tackling. It's going to be a poor tackling game early on. It already is. It already is in the regular season. Cam Newton, bulldozer, six foot six or six foot five, 260 pounds. They're going to have a mauler at the quarterback position. You have Josh McDaniels, the best offense coordinator in football, probably. Bill Belichick, McDaniels, Cam Newton early on. I really like what I see. I mean, Miami week one, they're awful. It's down in Miami, but I still like. New England in that one. Seattle next week. Okay. Seattle's pretty bad early on, though. Almost every year. Seems like they're 0-2, 1-3 each season. Then they turn it on. Las Vegas, I give the edge there to Belichick. They're going to have a good offense out in Vegas. I keep saying, keep wanting to say Oakland. 
But the Raiders, their defense, eh. If it comes together, it's not going to be by week three, I can tell you that. KC, don't see that one happening. Obviously, they're very good. Denver, that's the swing game along with Vegas, potentially. I still give it to New England. Denver, very overhyped. I do not like the quarterback play. Sorry, Missouri fans. Drew Locke, he's average. He's Jay Cutler. Um, I, I, I see anywhere from... You know, four and one, three and two, and that's a good start for New England. I really, really, really like their chances of playing well early on. In addition, Cam Newton, the guy, he's saying all the right things. I've been critical of him. I've never always thought, you know, is he obsessed with winning? I think he likes football, but I think he likes what football brings him a little bit more. You know, all the goofy outfits at the press conferences, storming off on the press conferences. This is what he had to say. Mike Reese of ESPN, longtime Patriots beat reporter. This is what he had to say about not having the label of the starting quarterback yet, despite taking all the first team snaps. Cam Newton. Absolutely not. Every day is a work day for me. That label is not important to me right now. I have so much I need to get better at, so much I need to learn, so much I need to be comfortable with. Throughout this process, that's the last thing that I'm pretty much worried about. Love it, Cam. Love it. You know, contrary to popular belief, I don't hate Cam. I just don't always like the way he conducts himself. Kelvin Benjamin, when uh, when he was, you know, basically trashing him in an athletic report, Cam didn't respond to him on Twitter. He didn't Instagram, post it, or whatever. He went up to Kelvin Benjamin Prior to a preseason game, approached him face-to-face. He wasn't, you know, grandstanding. He wasn't trying to get the cameras out there. He did a pregame. Tried to approach him, and Kelvin walked away like a sissy, basically. He, he chickened out. I liked it, Cam. I gave it credit to him there. I give credit to him right now. I think he's in a good spot. I think he's got something to prove. And I think he is, you know, falling in line with the Patriots' culture. I like them to take the AFC East in 2020. That's going to do it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 47 of the podcast. Had to shine some light on the best tweets out there from the Tatis post that I made on Twitter. Talk about Cam Newton, feeling better by the day with him. Earl Thomas, he's a free agent. Nobody's touching him. And MLB, I'm still watching. Like I said, Mets and Yankees wrapping up here. But it's far less enjoyable. I can't wait for a full season. But I do want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts? Send them to me, direct message, at me on Twitter, Instagram, all of social media. It's at Pete4C. That's Pete, number four, letter C. Fire up in those DMs. They are wide open. I will read them right here on the show. You can also give me a call or a text. Leave a voicemail if you decide to call. It's 816-226-7483. Again, it's 816 816- two two six seven four eight three i'll respond right here on the show thanks so much for tuning in we will holler at you guys next time